I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. If you're like most Americans, you don't believe everything you see and hear. And the further south you go, shucking and jiving is just really hard to pull off. Because, well, we're skeptics. But there's a group of people that really believe in this subject today. Reincarnation. How about you? Now, I'll admit, I'm intrigued by the idea. But I'm just not sold on it just yet. Sit tight and whatever you do, don't drop your moon pie. Because Terry's done some research. This week's podcast is titled... The Reincarnated. Terry, I stumbled across an article this past week, and I've heard this stuff all my life. And I start this, before we get going, as a skeptic. Now, we'll see how I end up at the end of this. But reincarnation, you believe in that? You know, I, I don't know where I am on that. I think that... There's a let me just say that there's a lot of stuff that we will depart this earthly life. Correct. That we'll never know. That we'll only find out later. I think there's tons of chapters that will unfold when we go to heaven. So I don't know. I, you know, as a Christian, I I tend to say no because I I've never seen anything that that would remotely indicate that you would come back as somebody. I think there's other religions out there that that may say that that happens a good bit. Well, I think there's the Hindus and the Buddhists are some of a that few. That do believe that? Yeah, there, there's others out there as well, but I think those are some of the ones that are more widely known that truly believe in reincarnation. Now, I'm a skeptic. I'm I'm pointing it out in the beginning here that it's just, and you well, see it in the movies so much, oh, I was reincarnated, and most of these you think, yeah, that's one of the more hippies that, you know, they probably hallucinated that they were somebody else. Well, I think it's probably because it's not dinner conversation. No, I mean, it's not. you and I don't know anybody in our whole lifetime that has said, hey, I was reincarnated. And we go, oh, really? Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I don't know anybody that has said Never that. Never bumped you. into a soul. But, you know, you do have a lot of famous people that believe that they've been reincarnated and they've come back. And, and I guess for our listeners, I thought I would just say, what is the definition of reincarnation? Just so we're all on the same page. Okay. And it basically is the rebirth of the soul in another human or non-human body, meaning that there are some cases where people believe that they've been reincarnated and they've come back as another person or they've come back as an animal or they were an animal in a past life. Now that you say that, and I watched it and I cried at it. I don't know if you saw that movie that had... Uh where the dog was reincarnated and he kept coming back to these different owners. A dog's purpose or a dog's yeah. life or something. Yeah, I've not it seen great. it. I, I couldn't do it. I'm too big of a wuss. But I know you told me about that and that it was a really good movie. Another definition is a reappearance or revitalization in another form, a new embodiment. So I don't know. This is a whole different topic for us to discuss when we talked about earlier, we said that there are famous people that believe 
in this. I, Who's I think, a few of them? Well, I think the, probably the biggest one that comes to mind that has been one, and she's in her 80s now, is Shirley MacLaine. She has talked about this. I, I think it's taken on a little more traction in later years, meaning that, not saying that there's a ton of believers out there, but I think we are more comfortable discussing it. I mean, she took a lot of flack because she was very strong in her convictions of reincarnation. And for those that don't know who Shirley MacLaine is, she's in her 80s, as I mentioned earlier. But she played in probably one of the more recent and successful series was Downton Abbey. Oh, that was big. Uh, and then she's played in movies that we are that she's widely known for, such as Steel Magnolias with Dolly Parton and Daryl Hannah and Julia Roberts, but also the movie Terms of Endearment with Deborah Winger. Right. And also, she is the sister of the famous Warren Beatty. Oh. But interesting, here's something about Shirley MacLaine. She claims, and again, this is something that she's claimed for a long time, and this was a comment that she made a long time ago, that her dog, her dog at the time, was once an Egyptian god. See, that right there makes me think, yep, she's well, off her I, And rocker. I think that everybody, while they admired her work as an actress, yeah. thought she was a little eccentric and a little off her rocker. And we call that cuckoo in the South, don't we? Exactly. But another thing that makes that, that she also stated is that, you know, we'd have her locked up in a sane asylum here uh, in no time, but was that she dated a prime minister. Now, this is in real life. A prime minister of Sweden. And she said she instantly knew that there was a connection there, but it was because she knew him in a past life. Now, she was some kind of little peasant girl. This is from 1,200 years earlier. And that he was the ruler of the Holy Roman Empire. So okay. that is some of the things that Shirley MacLaine has said. And, and like I said, there are other famous people that believe, believe in this she's probably one of the ones that has been really strong in her convictions and again because she's 80 has been just saying this for years and years and years and she's never backed off of this you know like the stories with her there as old as she is she ought to be able if it exists be able to give some behind the scenes information that where it can be proved would you am i am i thinking too well no and i think that you're saying that is because there have been others that have made claims that it really makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up because of some of the things that they were able to provide in terms of corroborating their statements right I, and you know, after you, you read them, you go, oh, well, it, it, it doesn't add up. And I, I don't know how to say what I'm what I'm trying to spit out, Terry, to where, you know, it does put some doubt in you if you were one of those that said, well, it doesn't believe. Well, and, but there are the others that make you think, that's what I'm saying, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand yeah. up because it's like, how would they know that? All right. Well, let's, let's start with this story here of a kid. Okay. Now, a kid is not somebody who's been out in the world and knows things. So typically they couldn't make them up. The name of this book, and, and I think I'm going to have to read it now, is Soul Survivor, The Reincarnation of a World War II Fighter. Uh, this is a child's father who wrote the book. Yeah, Bruce, and his last name is uh, Langinger. Yeah. As you get into this, this child, 
at a young age starts playing with airplanes before two years old and little fighter planes. As kids do. Yeah, that's that's not uncommon. And then the kid starts having nightmares. And, and it may not have gone in that sequence, but the kid starts just telling his parents that he's been reincarnated. That Or he didn't use that word. He said he was somebody else. Isn't that how he put it? Yeah, and this is the weird thing, Scotty. I, correct me if I'm wrong. The kid's name is James. Correct. The person that he claims to have been reincarnated from is James Huston. Yeah, I believe so. And he died in 1945. He was a World War II fighter pilot. It's kind of odd. I mean, that, I guess that's just coincidental that both of them had the name James. But they go on to say, and there was an article published in the Daily Mail in 2009, that there were some extreme specifics about how a fighter plane worked. Now, keep in mind, this kid was small. Two. I mean, most kids that are in their teens cannot articulate how a fighter plane operates. Correct. But he knew things that most two-year-olds are saying, Mama, Daddy, water, you know, just common language this kid knew things that i think his dad who was a devout christian automatically yeah. thought uh no no but he kept quizzing him on it right well yeah and it went into the thing of you know he kept, he goes well I, I crashed my plane he goes well what's the name of your plane and he named this thing off and he goes well what aircraft carrier did you fly off and the kid names it and do, do we have that written down with the name of the air yeah air- the name of the aircraft carrier was the natoma Okay, so the dad puts him on the bed, and he goes back, and, and I guess he Googles it. And how would a two-year-old know that? Or he, a three-year-old? He wouldn't, he wouldn't. And he also said he was shot down by a Japanese plane. He said, you know, the thing that had the big red circles on it. Well, guess what? He was shot down by a Japanese plane. Yeah. Didn't you say th- that he kept doing something All with All of his it? toys, he'd knocked the propeller off, and that's where he was shot, and that's why he crashed. That was knocked off his plane. He crashed. So... And then the the nightmares just keep going with this story, from what I remember here. And the kid just keeps painting more and more pictures to where the the family decides they need to start investigating who this guy was. Yeah, didn't he also name his friends? I mean, he named James Huston's best friend, and it was exactly who he said he was. When I got to heaven, my friends were, he named these two names. And then he does this Googling, and sure enough, his two best friends were the two people that the kid named that was in heaven with him. Well, talk about the fact that he goes on to tell his family that they were chosen. They were yeah. selected. The little boy tells he, you know, after this all comes out and he's talking to his parents and he goes, well, how did you get here? And he goes, well, I chose y'all. And uh, the dad goes, oh, really? How'd you do that? He goes, well, you and mom were on a beach uh, and he named this place in Hawaii and names the hotel they were at. And I watched y'all. And I decided that I wanted y'all to be my parents. Okay. All right. That's how would a child even know? And again, I'm still skeptical here, folks. That's what I'm saying. I think if you're listening to this, there's a part of you that says, this is the skeptic in me. But then there's a part of you that's like, how would this kid know this? Unless this family, this whole family, this is all a publicity stunt. But if you... Trust them on face value that what they're saying is correct. And again, this, you know, is that's. And maybe the whole thing is made up from the family from the get go. Yeah. But if it's uh, if it's factual, how do you explain 
how this kid knows what he knows. All right. And so the dad decides he needs to investigate more, and he didn't want to scare this guy's family. He starts the research, and he gets in. The, the guy's dad knew nothing of him when he got killed. He went to all these reunions trying to get information on his son, couldn't get it. He tracks down a sister, and he pretends that he's writing a book, doesn't tell her about his son. Well, he does end up writing the book. And then he gets in touch with his, some other old Army buddies. And the more and more that he learns from them, the kid knows more and more experiences. Uh, he brings some of the Army buddies to meet the kid, and he goes, gosh, y'all have gotten old. And <laughs> I, I don't know. And at the end, he tells them the story of his kid after he comes clean with the story. So I'm going to have to read the book, I think. I, I want to know more because it has intrigued me. But after you read all of this, do you, do you think they made the whole plot up or are they telling the truth? You know, like the Balloon Boy thing. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Huh? Could, well, I think everybody is wanting their 15 minutes of fame. So I think that the skeptic in us is saying, well, that's exactly what happened. Yes, they've, they've invented this story. They've pumped this information that this child knew that he actually – didn't know and it really it's just mom and dad trying to get like i said the 15 minutes of fame that's the skeptic in us right the other part of us is saying if they are actually telling the truth and we take them at face value that they are there's no way to explain how a child would know all of this i'm talking about detailed information there's just no way that he would know it now, it says that all of this has stopped with the child after he reached eight years old, that the nightmare stopped, and apparently he doesn't talk about it as much, and that they say they figure uh, the fighter pilot has come uh, with peace within himself, is what the family says. And so he's just, all of a sudden, the, the nightmares just stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's almost like, I, I, it leaves me to want to know more, I'll, I'll say that. And there's an article that was published that's, it says people with really believable evidence for their claim, they're reincarnated. And this was published in 2019. It says the afterlife will always be a subject of human fascination. We all wonder what happens when we die. Stories of reincarnation give believers hope that their conscience continues after death, but sometimes leave skeptics rolling their eyes. Some reincarnation stories, however, are not so easy to dismiss. When past life memories come with unnerving precision, even the most hardened skeptics may become believers. And again, I think that's where we're kind of riding the fence with this story, but we also have other stories as well. Yeah, and most of these I'm seeing are coming, and I guess they, they print a lot of these because it comes from a child to where you couldn't have lived a lot to have known these things by bumping yeah, into Yeah, like if you else. were a 50-year-old and you're saying all this, well, I mean, first of all, we talk about technology. There is so much information at Correct. your fingertips. It would take me all of five minutes to start BSing you and telling you that I was reincarnated. And again, if I'm going to be reincarnated, I'm going to be a famous person like the movie <laughs> from Bull Durham. If you've ever seen Bull Durham, the character Annie Savoy claims with the character that Kevin Costner plays that she was Catherine the Great. And he says, you know, why when people are reincarnated, do they not come back and say, well, they were reincarnated from Joe Smo? Yeah. Everybody is from a famous person. And I got news for you. If I'm going to take that stance, I'm going to be coming back saying that I'm somebody famous too. So I think that for an older person, 
they do lose. We instantly think, well, there's too much information at your fingertips. It's not believable. And I think that's why we put so much faith on or that's where the skeptic in us kind of has, oh, I don't know about this one, because when it is a kid. The innocence. The innocence, and especially if they're not even old enough to know how to even get this information. So either mom and dad have piped it in them, and they either and they can articulate it to a point where it's not, it doesn't sound rehearsed, or there's something there, and you've got a story. Uh, you know, here's a kid that claims that they were one of the writers of Gone with the Wind, not uh, the Margaret Mitchell, but one of the writers that put it to script and into the movie. The boy was two years old at the time. He was from the Midwest, and Lee was his name. That's all I got. All I got is a first name on this. Okay. He kept telling his parents that he had another mom and daddy. Okay. Now, how freaky would that be as a parent? Yeah. For your kid to tell. Well, you first that? of all, you'd be, you know, you just try to get past that. Much less the point of being reincarnated. Then he starts telling his mom that his birthday is on June twenty sixth instead of his birthday in June twenty first. You know, uh, you pass that off at first, and then he kept claiming that his middle name was Co. And he wrote movies for a living. Uh, he said, I, I had a daughter named Jennifer. All right, it's getting freaky for a three-year-old to tell you all of this. <laughs> I'd have to say that. So the mom says, well, how old were you when you died? And he goes, well, I was 48 when I died. And, okay, all this is building up. The story keeps going here. The mother, who was curious, relayed the titles of uh, several movies to him, asking if he had written any of them. When she mentioned Gone with the Wind, he goes, yeah, I wrote that one. Come on now. But again, the, the kid is how old? Three. Three so, okay, I, I mean, obviously most of us are skeptics, but let's just take the position that we're not. How does a three-year-old, how do they articulate that kind of information? All right, so after he says that, she goes to the computer, sits down, she starts Googling Gone with the Wind. And this is what she come up with, that a guy named Sidney Coe Howard, who was born on June 26, who had a daughter named Jennifer, passed away at the age of 48, was one of the guys that wrote Gone with the Wind, the script. So, again, do we have another parent that has made all this up, trains her child, tells it to him over and over and over again to where it's believable to other people? Okay, but just for the sake of... um, Argument? Yeah. What would you do, Scotty, hypothetically, if you were sitting there, one of your children at a, a young age, two or three is as intelligent as they are, and I know they are, but let's just say at two or three starts telling you stuff just enough to pique your your curiosity, and you're like, why are they telling me all these facts? And first of all, how are they even getting this information? And, and what is it that, you know, there would just be this cloud of what is it they're trying to convey to me, but then you Google it, and you find out that everything they've told you is spot on. Yeah. You know, is it... I mean, what do you do? I mean, how did you? How do you react as a parent? You know, and there's several things that go through my mind. Okay. Is it reincarnation or is it a gift that maybe, you know, is passed on to them through some other way that they're relaying somebody's message? All I know is either way, whether it's reincarnation, whether they have the ability to see the past, whether they have whatever, whatever Make gifts. they stand up on your arm. Oh, I'm telling you, I think my hands would be shaking. I would have yeah. to control them because that's your child that's saying all of that. You know, here's another example of another kid that was a, that was four years old that told his parents he was a Hollywood agent. Yeah, and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he starts naming names. They start doing research. And sure enough, 
everything that he said did happen in his same little story there. Well, and I think they even go as far as saying that they gave him, and he wants to go back to his life. He wants to go back yeah. to, he lives in, well, I think back then it was Hollywood land, and he lives in this big house with the pool, and he keeps saying he wants to go back to the pool. And yeah. So then the dad even says, okay, well, I'm going to test him on this. So he produces, what, 10 photos yeah. of different homes, and he says, which one was which one was the house you lived in? He said, that's a house, that's a house, that's a house. That was my home, right? Yep. And it is the home. Of the guy where he lived. And I think he also starts telling, like, who he used to hang around with. He uh-huh. used to hang around with all these famous people. And he can he can name some, not only the name of the famous people, but specifics that not everybody would have known. And then he goes in, I think the family tracks down this guy's sister, and they take the little boy to, to meet her. And I want to say he was all timid during the meeting, but he did. they did take her to meet the guy's sister that passed away. I, you know, what do you think, Terry? I don't know, but, I mean, like I said, you have celebrities. You've got children. You've got, I mean, this has been going on forever that you've, you know, we've, there are movies. There are TV series about this and movies and and tv series you can watch it and think well that's make believe and it really is it's make believe but when you read something like that it does cause you to stop for a second and say how would they know that and because we've grown up our whole lives as christian background correct and as such you know that's something you've all you know what reincarnation is but it's never been anything that you've ever discussed in your household i know you have i haven't discussed it in mine and but i mean what if it does exist it's kind of scary you know i would probably get the bad end of the stick on this i'd I'd come back as something worse (laughs) it would be horrible or what if you came back as a cow and you knew your life was short-lived or you came back as a uh, a rodent or you know that would be my luck so do you come and you know i don't know much about these people that believe this do you come back as animals also or do you always come back as a human no i think that they're saying that like shirley mclean said that her dog used to be a human okay came back as an animal so it sounds like it's your spirit can come back in different things so just hypothetically i wonder <laughs> if jj your little yorkie has been reincarnated but he actually was a prince or a warrior or something like that. And he finds himself being this little, cute puppy. <laughs> That's called payback is what that is. <laughs> All right, since we're knee-deep into this, do you have another example of this? I do. So here's a story of two sisters killed in a car accident. They say that they were reincarnated as twins. So here's the story. It says, John and Florence Pollock were devastated when their twin daughters, Joanna and Jacqueline, died in a car accident on May 5th, 1957. The following year, they were thrilled to hear they were expecting again, and once again, Florence was carrying twins. The twins, Jillian and Jennifer, were born identical except for Jennifer's birthmark. She had a birthmark on her waist similar to to a birthmark Jacqueline had and a birthmark on her forehead that resembled one on Jacqueline's scars. John and Florence moved away from their old home when their daughters were three months old. 
John and Florence told Jillian and Jennifer very little about their late sisters, but the girls seemed to share Joanna and Jacqueline's memories. They would request old toys that had belonged to the deceased twins, recognize landmarks when traveling to their parents' former home, and were inexplicably terrified of cars. Upon seeing oncoming traffic, they would shriek, The car's coming to get us! Luckily, by the age of five, these frightening memories mostly faded away. The girls went on to live relatively normal adult lives. However, their story is still frequently cited as evidence of reincarnation. I just, I'm still on that line. But think about it. They had birthmarks similar to the twins that had passed. I know, I heard you say Uh, that. They played with some of the same toys. They could recognize landmarks. And these are young children. You have to think as parents. They're telling the truth. That that's bizarre at the very least. Yeah. I don't know. It gives me the willies all the way around is, is the best way I know how to give. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. But I just think that there's a part of you when you're trying to rationalize things like this that says, how do you how do you kind of throw that out the window? How yeah. do you dismiss that? Because what they're telling you on the surface is exactly how it unfolded. What would you do, Scotty? If you knew that you could be reincarnated, have you given any thought to what you'd like to be? No, I hadn't, because it would probably be totally opposite of what I wanted. It'd probably be some rodent running around and get squished. Exactly. Maybe you're a believer. Maybe you're sold on the idea. But it reminds me of a movie I once watched called Summersby. Richard Gere was the main character. It's about a guy that returns home after the Civil War, and, well, he can't remember everybody's name in town. He stumbles up a little bit. The town is broke. Everybody's dirt poor. And he comes up with the idea to start planting tobacco. So he convinces the town to give up their valuable so he can go sell it to buy seed for tobacco. Well, guess what? It worked. The deal was he told them if they'd work the land and help him, they'd get profits and he'd give them part of his land. But as you guessed, there's a twist at the end. As it turns out, Richard Gere is not really who he says he is. He had shared a jail cell as a prisoner of war with another man. Well, that man died, and he assumed his identity and went back home to take over his plantation. And all Richard Gere has to do is admit that he's not that man and he walks free. But if he does, everybody loses their money and they lose their land. Well, the moral to the story is, not everything is what it appears to be. So I know you're thinking, what did Richard Gere do at the end of the movie? Well, I can't spoil the movie for you, but I will tell you this, up until the last second of the movie, I was glued to it. Don't forget to check that out. That was Summersby with Richard Gere. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know a secret, well... Now you know how to tell that someone's bluffing at poker. <laughs>